Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskadden coming to you live from North Carolina. And what a blessing it is to be here with each and every one of you on this great Tuesday, December the 13th, talking about liberty, not only from the Lord, but also, as we can see, as we walk this out, the journey uh, of retaining, and hopefully retaining, our liberty here in this country. Okay, um, before I get started, I want to give a little bit of housekeeping. Um, This week will be the last week for this year, and most likely for all of January, as I am expecting the birth of my second child, uh, hopefully within the next couple weeks, uh, but then also with having two children under two, or yeah, under two, uh, my wife and I will, will need to devote our little bit of time together to adjust um, so just want to lay that out there. I'll remind you um, throughout the rest of this week. Um, as, again, we go into somewhat of a lull the holiday seasons of things that are happening with the government, doesn't mean things stop or our prayer should stop, but for, for me here, there's there's times and seasons for everything. Um, and for my <laughs> mental health and, and my family's health, um, spiritually and mentally, uh, I'm going to take some time away to, to spend with them and enjoy uh, the birth of our first, second son as I did my first son. Um, but we will, we're not going to stop. We're going to stay updating. We'll also probably post some things here and there. Um, we'll put some things out, some prayer points, uh, maybe an email or two out in uh, um, notes just so we can stay um, engaged with you guys and continue praying. And if there's still anything you guys get, uh, dreams, etc. Please send them to us. We'll pass them along to our dream team. Uh, John's back now, so we're going to start uh, getting him back um, in interpreting, interpreting some dreams and moving forward from there. Okay, so we're going to today go ahead and dive into some things here. Um, and first, we want to start with uh, our verse of the day. Uh, actually, two I want to build on. Uh, the first one being found in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. You're probably all aware of this, but it just we really want to talk about this. As we come through um, talking about yesterday, how the beginning of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, it is in that we go even further. It's okay if we have this fear of the Lord, now it starts creating this, this spirit of liberty um, within us and then with those around us. And, and as we see here, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And then building upon that is, is as we have this fear of the Lord, uh, as we see here in Ezekiel 36, when the Lord is talking to Ezekiel and talking about how the people will be renewed, uh, one of the things he mentions is in, in Ezekiel 36, verse 26. Uh, let me get the right version up first. Is that... Get back to okay. Here we are. 
that moreover I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. And so as we see, building upon yesterday again, this this having this fear of the Lord, which creates a, and as we see in Ezekiel, a renewal of our mind from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh in accordance with the Lord. And this is the process, the journey that we go through from coming out and being humble and repenting and turning our hearts towards the Lord, which gives us freedom and liberty in this instance and in instances of walking with the Lord and from the bondages of sin and death, from uh, things that have been holding us back from our destiny, allowing us to be able to uh, renew our days, renew our time, redeem our time um, back in the process and allow the Lord to restore everything that has been lost in seasons past. So with that understanding, we want to dive into some news. Uh, first, to start off in Israel, we have uh, a few updates on what is going on with the coalition negotiations with the Likud um, party, with Netanyahu coming into office. We're seeing now that the deadline, and this is the more specific thing, the deadline is the 21st of December, which is next Wednesday, so that's the timeline they have. Again, we, we know that they have um, asked and received at least one week or 10 days extension, so that's what they have. The There's a a lot of reports coming out from those in Israel who are trying to bash basically the coalition for making a coalition with um, a religious sect of Israel. And this is a very contentious point within Israel of allowing government handouts to the ultra-Orthodox religious sect uh, and those who are actually serving in the army, etc. So there's a big squabble going on there where the those who are opposing this coalition are trying to say, well, these people are just going to get everything that they want. Um, and Netanyahu's coming out. And then this article uh, is being reporting is saying, look, we're going to live. And he, he's talked about that. He said, we're going to rule by basically um, the Likud party agenda. That's going to be the predominant one. We'll see what happens when they come to um, a full agreement, basically the party platform of this coalition moving forward. And so in the days ahead, the prayer is that there's peace for Jerusalem, number one, and that ultimately that this coalition can form uh, so that Israel can have uh, a, a leader who will understand the realities of what's going on with Iran uh, and for the national security of Israel in the days ahead as Iran is looking um, to be more boisterous with its financial operations um, and initiatives of going after Israel, as we're seeing, we reported last week, of at, at civilian airports and civilian planes, the Iranian National Guard, our Revolutionary Guard, is using those planes to fly weapons, meet people, who knows what, into Lebanon, getting closer and closer to Israel for Hezbollah to have what type of weapons, we're not necessarily sure. Israel, I guarantee you, is fully aware of it, fully understanding of this with Mossad and IDF, um, and is fully prepared uh, to protect itself. But if you have a leader who is going to give in, 
you're leaving a, a, a Israel weekend at a time, and that's something we want to pray that they're strengthened um, to protect the land because of the heart of the Father, to pray and bless Israel. Those who bless Israel shall be blessed. Those who curse Israel shall be cursed. All right, moving on. I want to give a few a rundown on a few stories, uh, some interesting things that I think we need to be aware of um, on a host of issues. So the, the one coming out... Um, really early this morning, late last night, is that Sam Bankman fried the CEO of FTX, has now uh, been charged by the SEC with or- orchestrating a scheme to defraud investors. Uh, he was actually today supposed to speak before Congress on a committee hearing about his involvement and things that are going on. Um, and the SEC stepped in and basically said, no, what it looks like they're not going to allow him to testify – We'll see. It's kind of up in the air, but all reports are that he's not going to testify as the Bohemian government has basically um, arrested him on behalf of the SEC in movement to extradite him to the United States. Uh, um, but it's interesting to see why why would the SEC arrest him and, and is the SEC arresting him the day before he's about to speak on a committee uh, yesterday as the committee hearing is the day for him to speak? Are they trying to hide something? The SEC involved in all this is not looking very good. Um, so something interesting to pay there as millions and millions of people were defrauded. Um, it's basically an Enron scheme. He commingled funds and, and, and I had no idea what he was doing, uh, in reality involving these financial operations of the company, even though people are claiming him to be this wizard of finance, even though he had basic, no basic knowledge of how to actually run a company. Okay. Moving on a few other things. Uh, negotiations on the um, yearly budget for the government have are going nowhere, basically. Schumer is in the Senate is basically saying there needs to be a one-week continuing resolution so that negotiations can allow can allow to be continued to go on. Whether that's enough time or not, we'll see. That, that gets them through the holidays. And talked about yesterday how uh, the fear of them negotiating, working over the holidays um is being a massive motivator here in this situation now to do a one week and then come back with another one week because they again want to have the new year's off um yet to be seen but we want to pray there for um just a fear of the lord and wisdom from those who who are involved in this because there's it's being reported that there's a 25 billion dollar gap that's the difference between them actually having a continued resolution versus a full omnibus spending bill what does that fully entail? Again, McCarthy and McConnell want this omnibus spending bill to go forward so they can supposedly start the new year off fresh um, while giving in to Democratic demands. We have Republicans preventing that. So we want to continue to um, pray for that and, and hopefully allow the new Congress who is elected to look like resolve this since the last one couldn't actually come up with a, the, a bill to fund the government. Um, and the question is, why is it only twenty billion, twenty five billion? Why, why isn't it more? Why aren't there different, more differing? Like we're a country who's thirty one, thirty two trillion dollars plus in debt and climbing because of giving into these social welfare programs and and a host of other things of mismanagement from the government. Um, but I digress from that. Then there is the huge talk out of the Democratic Party where Joe Manchin will supposedly worried of leaving the Democratic Party. Whether that's true or not, Joe Manchin says nothing to the extent. He's basically saying, look, I'm going to stay Democrat. Maybe in the future I'll look at it. Um, obviously, this is on the heels of the Kirsten Cinema news. But I want to look at some raw data here and look at the difference between Kirsten Cinema's move and then Joe Manchin's move. 
So when we go to Arizona Secretary of State's office website, we see the voter registration statistics at the latest that's being reported of November 2022, which show I want I wonder if you can see this. I'm gonna blow it up. The percentages here of Republican, Democrat, and or other independent and libertarian. The Republican Party is at 34.67% as of November 2022, and Democrat is at 30.66%. So you would say, well, why would Kirsten Cinema leave that massive majority? Well, or when you look at other, the independent, it is 33.89%, really only at about 31,000 registered voters less than the Republican Party, who has a, a, a total percentage of 34.67%. That's why she would leave the Democratic Party. She's not going to go Republican. She's not Republican. Um, she's going to stay where they're at. And, and that's why Democrats know she's going to stay on the committees and keep her on committees because majority of the things she's going to go for are with um, Democrats because she is somewhat more of a Democrat. There's just a few swing issues for independence in this issue in Arizona that will sway her. Now, when you look at um, West Virginia Secretary of State's office, this is raw data, so I apologize for the just um, blahness of this. I did not put this together. This is from West Virginia Secretary of State's office. And when you look at this, I'm going to go all the way to the bottom. So the first column is Democrats who have 32.7%. The Republicans have 39.32%. And then you, you skip, you see the Mountain Party, and the Libertarian Party, and then No Party and or Independence, and then Other, which make up 20, the Independents make up 23.53%. So that's a huge margin there from the first two Democrat and Republican, um, as Republicans have, in percentage-wise, a majority. But again, it's never just the Republican and Democrats that make the elections. If they had every single Republican vote for them, they would and every single Democrat. Neither neither party would win. So you have to convince and or lean more towards this huge block of no party and or independent party, uh, which is 23.53%. Does that mean Joe Manchin would go with that? I don't know. Um, it depends on how, where these independents lie in West Virginia. So um, just on that one, it, it's a huge talking point right now. With Kirsten Cinema leaving, just know that it, he possibly could, maybe doesn't. Um, I think it more so depends on his energy policies uh, of how the people end up voting for them, since such a massive portion of um, those within the Virginia caucus uh, voting block uh, would be dependent upon those type of jobs to fund and, and provide for their families. Now, another big news being talked about today is that. The Republicans fear a war because of Trump uh, that could cost them the 2024 election. Uh, and there's a great quote from Senator Lindsey Graham that be- that best says it this way for both the Democrat and Republican Party. He says, you've got tensions in the Democratic Party, you've got tensions in- here in the Republican Party, but no. Dysfunctional political parties is the norm or are the norm, and it's not the exception on both sides. Now, the Republicans is being more pointed out because it's politically politically advantageous for the mainstream news media to talk about that and not so much about the Democrats political divides there okay so basically 
Um, the Joe Manchin thing and the political divide within the Republican Party are big, um, or more so the norm, uh, but they're somewhat reality of a nothing, what would be considered a nothing burger uh, on those issues. So nothing to get caught up in and, and, and distracted from there. All right, now there is very interesting news on a Golden Court case we've been paying attention to involving the Student Loan Forgiveness Program. The Supreme Court now has decided to add on another case to the challenge for so you have the six states case of going challenging the authority that the Biden administration is using. Now you have a second case from the Job Creators Network Foundation, uh, which alleges that the Biden student loan bailout violated federal procedures. Pretty similar to the six, six states um, case as well. So uh, this is a good thing as these mounting cases come together. I don't know if they'll make it all one argument or they'll keep them separate. That's still yet to be determined, but the fact that they're going to hear this is quite interesting. And um, again, obviously this comes on the heels of a Texas judge blocking this. The case is expected to be heard on in December sometime. Uh, both cases, most likely, is that what, that's what Reuters is reporting. And then, again, the actual ruling won't come down until January. So that's our timeline on those cases. So we want to pray for that. Uh, pray for these lawyers and everybody involved to argue the case um, properly. Uh, part of this is they're saying, look, not only did they not follow procedures on this, but if you allow them to just curtail the law and congressional powers – in this case, what's to say that they won't do this even more? And that's happened before um, without this case and without this situation. But the reality is is these lawyers, okay, yes, there is the, the benefit or the, the, the aftermath of if you allow this administration to have this authority, what's for future, genera future generation of presidents to do the same thing whenever they deem so? But the reality is they need to focus their case on they do not have authority to do this because it curtails the laws and the power, the separation of powers here. Um, and that needs to be their focus, and hopefully they can make that argument as well. Also, other huge news, something that is not being talked about because um, it's not really being reported anywhere on the right and left, is that Title 42 is expected to come up, uh, end, and it is going to end on December 21st. And you're already starting to see massive um, illegal immigrant crossings in, on the border in Texas. El Paso has been one of them via um, video surveillance. Estimated 1,500 uh, have made their way. There's thousands who are waiting to cross once Title 42 has ended, uh, to cross more so legally, um, as catch and release is already prevented, but they're just going to let them in, let them in the country, let them go, and hopefully they come back for... Um, their quote-unquote court date. Uh, that strategy has not bode well for dealing with this issue at the southern border and securing our nation. So something to be aware of and understand that the Biden administration is asleep at the wheel to a degree and also unwilling to get involved in these negotiations and really anybody doing anything. So hopefully the new Congress can do something about this, bring a light to this, and hopefully the American people can wake up to the reality as, say, uh, New York and other states are dealing with this because Texas and Florida are sending busloads of them to Washington, D.C., New York, Martha's Vineyard, and showing the reality of these situations um, as those on the southern border are dealing with. 
along with the drugs and, and cartels and being involved in this as well. Okay. So that's a bit on the news rundown. Then I want to get to now staying up to date on the Twitter files. Quite, quite massively interesting. Um, so first things first is, again, we're seeing nothing being said about this by your mainstream news media. I think the total coverage over the last several days has been 14 minutes, and most of that by MSNBC's Joe Scarborough because he actually somewhat staying up to date and wanting to talk about this. Now, he's obviously talking it down, um, but this is very, very troubling. You have a massive story involving the president, involving the FBI, involving the DOJ, involving others within this administration, um, more so within the government, even before this administration took office. Like, this isn't just, oh, the Biden administration is the only one doing it. No, the FBI and them were doing it before Biden was even in office um, to go after Trump. So that's that's quite quite interesting. Now, the Twitter files 5.0 were released yesterday, and we saw internal documents and, and communications between Twitter executives and employees really going after Trump. And then this is, I think, the key, the key thing is Twitter's involvement not only in the United States, but censorship elsewhere outside of the United States. I think this shows how involved Twitter was. So when you ask the question of why did Twitter need so many employees, it's because they had employees around the world censoring things in other populations around the world depending on their own political ideology. Some of it horrific stuff, and I'll get into that here here now. So the, tw the tweets at at bay were um, the fact that Trump talked about the 75 million uh, great American patriots who voted for me, America first, make America great again, will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape, or form. And then the second one, to all those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration. Twitter basically deemed that as hate speech, um, inciting violence, or potential to inciting violence. Um, uh, Twitter's lawyer, Vijay Gotti, was personally involved in this decision to ban Trump, they ended up going on to claim that uh, because of these statements and similar statements from President Trump, this basically meant that he was, they literally said this within the group, that they referred to Trump a as a leader of a terrorist organization and that, um, that patriots were therefore terrorists in a terrorist group. This And, and you see how the reports of FBI um, coming out and saying similar things, how Twitter is matching what the FBI and them have come out um, via Freedom of Information Act requests there. And so basically they reached a, great, a breaking point and they had to do it. There was nothing they could do. Uh, Jack Dorsey allowed this stuff to happen. But what is very, very, very um, interesting is that they'll ban Trump for this, but when um, leaders of other countries, such as the Malaysian prime minister who put out a tweet that said, Muslims have a right to be angry and kill millions of French people for the massacres of the, of the past. Twitter did take down that specific tweet but left up his account. So if that's the standard, then why don't, if you believe that what Trump said was inciting violence or potential to incite violence, why not remove that tweet but keep his account up? Another example is the president of Nigeria. <laughs> inciting violence against the um, pro-Bafari groups, um, in, in, in inciting violence, saying we should take them out, take up arms against the uh, Tigray region. Again, inciting violence. Again, they took down the tweet. Um, 
Actually, in this case, they allowed the tweet to remain up and did not ban the prime minister. There's also other um, reportings that have come out that have showed, uh, and even Twitter executives have had to go before the government within India for their censorship platforms in India. So the, the, the scale to all of this, I think if we realize, what I think what Rick Joyner said was very, very accurate. This is way bigger than Watergate because there is actual evidence. And so we have to realize um, that this is, this is all coming about um, at quite an interesting time as the SEC is, is arresting uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. And then you have comments being made by... Um, John Brennan of talking about how this is disastrous, basically wanted to silence um, Elon Musk for his communications about uh, his pronouns of prosecute Fauci. One thing that's interesting is Red State um, journalist Nick Arama points out that while it's interesting to see this, it also sounds like twi uh, the Twitter files and Elon Musk know that there's more. If he's willing to go after somebody like a, a, a John Brennan um, and really push back and hold firm on his stance on this entire issue. And so we're seeing some interesting things come out. And then as part of these revealings and these findings and Elon's really, you could call it crusade against child pornography, he has disbanded um, Twitter's Trust and Safety Advisory Group the one that I talked about yesterday, how those who were a part of this were upset that Elon is actually taking down child pornography at Twitter um, and preventing child sex exploitations and child sex trafficking to be occurring on Twitter. Um, meanwhile, that is absolutely not the, the case. And what's very interesting is that you see that University of Penn has deleted a... Yol Roth's former um, top uh, Twitter employee's PhD dissertation arguing that minors should be allowed to stay on sex apps because we just need to protect them. His, his thesis was that um, there's the app, homosexual dating app, uh, Grindr, where there were minors on because of a lack of security from the app's terms and agreements, and so there were people under the age of 18 who were getting on there and starting to communicate with these type of individuals. And his his thesis was that they need to be able to stay on there to, to protect them, to make sure they have an outlet. Um, and it's like, th this is utterly insane, and, and Elon called this out. He, he's like, this is, this is horrible, we shouldn't allow this. Um, and in a jokingly way, sounds he, he said, sounds like or looks like Yol is arguing in favor of children being able to access adult internet services in his PhD thesis. So then you would see why on Twitter they would allow this child pornography and stuff to go on. Um, you also have people like uh, Alex Berenson, who was a big advocate against COVID policies and stuff, come out and say, well, because I've got to point this out, because he, he was saying, well, because Twitter is basically a public platform they need to just allow this stuff and you, you can't prevent it it's elon crossed the line with removing child sex pornography on this um child pornography on this 
And it's like, what? The, the, the craziness of this all involved in all of this is just massively um, mind-boggling. And you're seeing this shaking happening. This is why we want to, to point out liberty. We want to talk about the fear of the Lord in these cases. And the last thing, this one is should hopefully give you a chuckle, um, but then expose the realities of how a lot of these companies are run, is that Twitter is now in the process of auctioning off um, things such as espresso machines, lounge chairs, other employee toys involving um, items for sale, rotisserie ovens, commercial blenders and grinders, refrigerators, grills and griddles, fryers, uh, braising pans and pizza ovens, according to some of the lists posted by Heritage Global Partners, who is an auctioneer company, um, electronics furniture, um, a lot of other things, computers, monitors, jam boards, projectors, phones. They're basically, he's, he's downsizing the company because it's, it's bloated. Um, and this, this goes on. I've worked in a tech company before. This goes on at all these companies. You want to appease the millennial worker, make them feel coddled and happy. Meanwhile, they're they're not doing their job. They're they're spending their time playing these video games. They're cooking, as you see in some of these videos. And this is just quite hilarious. Of uh, you actually have someone who who is interested in running an actual company come in and sell some of this stuff off, and, and you're seeing again this stuff be released slowly so we can digest it and understand it and rig joiner pointed out and i would again quite agree with him is that this is very wise for this type of information to come out and obviously elon knows more than most people know and he's given it to reporters who have shown the ability to be able to report the news to be watchmen on the wall I may not agree with everything Elon does. I definitely don't agree with a lot of what these journalists believe and would like to happen in America. But I can stand behind them and allow them to be able to speak their opinion, as we have free speech in this nation, but also to be able to have the ability to spread the truth in these situations and these scenarios. And they're doing a great job. They're not perfect. They've made some mistakes, uh, minor mistakes. But they're reporting the information and letting the American people decide. And it's great for the American people to realize this. But as we're seeing now, the realities of this going on of there are, truth is coming out. Free speech is allowed to occur. The First Amendment is allowed to occur. And they're trying to – Brennan is trying to silence um, Elon saying he will do anything in his power to try to prevent this stuff from coming out doesn't look like anything's happening right now. Maybe there's something's going on behind closed doors. I mean, Elon says he does have security. He has been threatened. Um, but he ultimately, he he has this backbone of understanding it's going to come out. I mean, he's people got to remember, he didn't grow up in America. He, he, he's South African. Like, there, there's, there's a, a, a major um, cultural divide between what has been happening in the past of people being intimidated in him. I mean, his family left South Africa because of the reaction um, to things happening there towards whites in South Africa. So it's, it's quite interesting to see this come out and play out. Um, and, and, and just pray for, again, the shaking that's happening, that those who, who are in these positions gain the fear of the Lord through this process. As we all should repent of our sins and turn from our wicked ways, turn back to the heart of the Father, and, and understand the basics of the beginning of wisdom comes with the fear of the Lord and then walk in liberty where the spirit of the Lord is.
so that we can continue to hopefully have these freedoms that we have today, which is to be able to have the ability to share the gospel of the kingdom in this nation and throughout the world. And that's why we're here praying for this nation and the office of the president. So blessings, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.